Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you are a highly sensitive person, a sensitive soul, who needs some help and support, I would love to give you my free Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. And you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. And today I have a friend with me, Donna Riley, and she is a gifted intuitive movement teacher and inner transformation leader and the co-author of our book, Navigating the Clickety Clack, Volume 1. And after a near-death experience at the age of 12, experiencing pure love and light, Donna emerged frustrated with the 3D world as she knew it was an illusion. Feeling alone and isolated, she struggled for many years until she embraced full human embodiment. And this piece is really important and um, one of the reasons I wanted Don on the show today because many of the highly sensitive people that I meet are going through something similar, maybe not a near-death experience, but they've been in other worlds, if you will. And um, this human body is very dense and there's a part of them that remembers that place of pure love and light and maybe they're an alien that was a light being or, you know, or a highly evolved alien now as a human, you know, having this experience to elevate the frequency of the planet. So it can be really rough. Um, and I hear a lot that they just don't want to be here anymore. Like it's not that they want to kill themselves and, and commit suicide per se. It's just they want to go home, you know, to that love and the light. And they, they forgot that they volunteered for this mission. <laughs> and so what's wonderful about Donna's work is it's really about you know, living through the body and embodiment, and she has this wonderful practice, and she's going to share with us how she uses movement to help herself and others. Um, and so, I think this is a very um, important part is, is really honoring the body, and especially for us women over 40, sometimes we look at the mirror and go, oh, wow, where did my waistline go, you know, and things like that, um, and why we, you know, we're going to talk about why being embodied is so important, why we must experience the 3D density as we ascend to 5D, that's going to be kind of interesting, and how to use movement as a transformational tool to even create an, quote, unquote, orgasmic life, so without <laughs> further ado, welcome, Donna. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. I just love, you said something so important in there, which is it's not necessarily that we want to kill ourselves, it's just hard being here. You know, that is so important, I think, because for me, I didn't tell anybody for years because I I knew they were going to think I wanted to kill myself, but it's like, no, that's not what it is. So thank you for acknowledging that, yeah. Thank you. So tell us about that near-death experience and how that rocked your world, because uh, obviously yeah. you've been a person since then. <laughs> yeah, I was 12 years old, and I was, you know, just like you described in your intro, I was born a highly sensitive girl into a family that didn't necessarily <laughs> understand or even believe that existed. <laughs> so right. um, uh, the way that I look at it now is I wanted to leave, so I manifested the NDE, you know. Like I was like, okay, I'm, this is good. I'm out of here. Um, so that was when I was 12 years old. And um, the experience for me, um, I don't know how much detail you want, but it was obviously the most beautiful experience of my life. But when I came back, um, it was even harder to be here. And mm-hmm. the big piece of my story is I did not tell anybody about that experience You mean your parents years. didn't know you almost died? No, well, they knew from the physical perspective. Like my mother was in the hospital room when they were losing, you know, the nurses were like, we're losing her, we're losing her, we're losing oh. her. So. 
they knew that part that I, that I almost physically died, but they didn't know I had the experience of the, you know, the, the seeing the light and going to the light and all that stuff. Cause I didn't, I didn't tell them, I didn't tell anybody. Mm. And it's so interesting because um, I know now through years of, you know, coming to terms, healing work, all kinds of different energy work, body work, all kinds of things. Now that I'm fully here, I now obviously have perspective and understand that I didn't tell anybody because I knew my mother was very religious and I knew she was going to like put me up on a pedestal and make me tell the story to everybody. And something in my psyche and soul was like, no, like I'm not going to like be used as a pawn for her to like, you know, isn't my daughter amazing, right? I just, I didn't want to be in that, in that kind of energy because my mother, I was very aware at a very young age that my mother like lived through me. Mm. You know, she was very like when she hugged me. I didn't have these words at the time, but I, I was working with a healer once, and I remember saying, oh, God, when my mother hugged me, it felt like she was sucking the life out of me. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, she's, she's an energy vampire. She was, like, taking love from you because she wasn't, you know, healed in herself to give it, right? So, so I didn't have the words at the time, but I knew. So anyways, um, yeah, so, so that experience for me was very much about, like, okay, great, now I have to be here. And what... What ended up happening is when I was 47, um, so that happened at 12, when I was 47, I had only told one person up to that point, and she was like a personal development, spiritual teacher kind of person, and she looked at me a certain way when I told her, and I said, no, no, I'm not special. This is why I don't tell anybody. I'm not special. Don't look at me like that. I'm not going to talk about it. Like, I clearly was not ready, (laughs) you know, to like really kind of embrace it and embody it, if you will, and... But when I was 47, I, had a, I took a four-day uh, intensive meditation course, and all I saw was darkness. Everybody else was blissing out and like, this is amazing, this is beautiful. And I'm like, uh, I'm seeing war and murder and fire and the Grim Reaper running around like a lunatic, like yeah. smashing windows. And, yeah, it was really intense. But it was fascinating because I wasn't afraid. I was just super curious. I was like, why is this happening? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, this is really interesting. And I remember like the third day I went to the teacher and I said, I don't understand, something's happening to me. Like, I don't understand why I'm having a very different experience. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that doesn't help me. (laughs) So I just went with it. And the fourth day, sure enough, on the fourth day, all of a sudden, the light from my near-death experience overcame the dark. And I went, oh, I get it. Like, first of all, I'm being shown that in any given moment, I have the capacity to embody the depth of the darkness and the, and the brightness of the light. Beautiful. And I'm very aware it's time to do some healing around this. Like, it's coming up because it's time to start dealing with it. Okay. Well, right after that, I had what I call an energetic meltdown. So I started vibrating. I felt like I was drunk. I could hardly eat anything. And I had no idea what was happening to me. Well, there happened to be a healer at the studio I was teaching at at the time. And she took one look at me. She introduced herself to me and said, you need to come see me. (laughs) And Right. I was like, uh, and I'm thinking, wow, she like sees my energy is all, you know, messed up, you know, clearly <laughs> like it's obvious. So um, I was at first I was like, oh, That's whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And the second day, she's like, no, really, you need to come see me. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have the money and how it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a martyr in that way. But um, the, 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 the third day, she grabbed my hands and she pulled me into her. And she looked me in the eyes and said, I can handle you. Come see me. And I remember thinking, you know what? First of all, I've done a lot of, like, deep personal development, processing, gestalt, kind of, you know, going into your stuff kind of stuff. And I'm a very passionate girl. So when my stuff comes up, it comes up. So the fact that she said that to me, I thought, okay, first, she really sees me. Mm. Second, she's ready. Like, she's ready. Like, I'm, whatever's going to come up, she's telling me she's ready. And I'm like, okay, well, I have nothing to lose because I'm wigging out. Like, I don't know what's happening to me. So I went to go see her, and she's like, what is happening? So I told her about the four-day meditation course and the NDE, and she's like, okay, let's, let's start to, like, look at this. So she did several things, like, you know, meditation, body work, got me in this very zened out, sort of peaceful, relaxed state. Okay, talk me through exactly the entire NDE, what was going on in your life at the time, you know, how did you remember feeling in your family, what was the actual experience? So I'm laying on this massage table sharing the story, and I get to the end of the story, I say, and I came back in my body, and I jumped up off of this massage table, and in this crazy, demonic, unbelievably intense voice, I said, and I was pissed. And I went, oh, my God, I've been angry (laughs) since I'm 12 years old that I'm on the planet. And she's like, apparently. And I went, and all of a sudden, my whole life is making sense, right? And she looked at me, she's like, here's the deal, honey, I've had one too. And once you have that experience, you have enormous perspective on things. Mm-hmm. So you recognize all this day-to-day stuff is basically BS. Well, I started crying, like the most intense cry, because I was like, somebody finally understands me. Oh, my God, she understands it. She, she understands. And then she said another key thing. She said, you probably feel like nobody gets it. Well, my whole mantra, those years, my entire life, I was always a little angry. And when people would say, Donna, what's wrong? Why are you angry? I'd just say, nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. (laughs) But because I hadn't processed my experience with anybody or, you know, even talked about it, I didn't even know what I was saying, which was it. Nobody gets the contrast between pure love and light, which is how we're meant to live, versus how most of us are living in this 3D, right? Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, then I go into intense grief. Because I'm like, oh, my goodness, I haven't been living for 35 years. Like, I I start to realize I've been dissociating. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been escaping to the light because there was no reason to be here. I hated being here. Now, the saving grace and all that is I was brilliant at my work. And spirit gave me the gift of the ability to go deep into my own body to find answers for others. Mm. And so when I was working with clients and working with people, I mean, they would just be like, how did you know this? How did you see this? How did you do that? Well, because I'm tuned in and super intuitive and clairvoyant. And I, you know what I mean? So I was given that gift. So I loved my work. But that was the only thing that kept me here. I never once thought about what do I like? What makes me happy? What makes me feel good? I didn't even date for like years. I never thought about pleasure. It didn't even occur to me that I could have pleasure. It's just I wasn't living. <laughs> you know? So that was a period of time of deep grief wow. for three or four years. Yeah, and then so most recently the conclusion to all of this is when I came, became fully embodied. So about three years ago, one of my friends who's a functional medicine uh, doctor and does a lot with brain trauma and all kinds of different things, and she's like, Donna, you know, you're still operating 
like a PTSD victim, you know, from your NDE. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That wasn't traumatic. That was the best experience, you know, most beautiful experience of my life. And she's like, no, honey, you didn't process it for like 40 years. Like you still are suffering. Like you, you can't be in the world. Right. And I was like, oh my God, she's so right. Like I'm still hiding. I like, I'm kind of afraid of people like, you know, and so I started to go deeper into exploring that. And then one day it hit, I, I remember speaking to spirit saying, you know, can you please, bring me the teachers or the mentors or the healers or with the book or whatever that's going to sort of bring me to that next step, you know, to this process of really coming back to myself fully. And then it hit me one day. It's always the most obvious thing, right? <laughs> the thing that we teach everybody else that we don't do for ourselves. <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, you know what? I need to go deeper into my facet release practice. Huh. And... I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it with the perspective of where is this held in my body? Like nice, I want to explore nice. what it, what is what is held in my body, or where in my body is the answer, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like the answer isn't outside of me; it's inside of me. Mm-hmm. So I was one day doing some fascia release work on my psoas, of course, right? Oh yeah, I mean, love that. Yeah, love right. Psoas. Okay. And I'm laying there on the floor on the ball and I'm breathing and I'm playing sound frequencies in the background and I'm just being present with what is. And, you know, I'm very like when I'm doing my own, you know, movement and body work on myself, I'm very present to the curiosity aspect, right, into the exploration. Like what is going on? What is in there? What do I need to hear? What do I need to be shown? Like so I'm in that state and all of a sudden my little 12-year-old girl shows up with angel wings on her back. And I was like, oh, what are you, and 12 is when I had the ND, right? So I was like, oh, oh, what are you doing here? And then she started to fly up to the light and she grabbed, like she took her hand and she grabbed some of the light and then she came back and she put it in my heart. And she did that three or four times and I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? And then it hit me and I started crying. I was like, oh my God, she's retrieving the parts of myself that I left behind. Like I'm having a soul retrieval experience in this moment. And it was so incredibly beautiful. And I, at some point then, she kind of took my hands and lifted me up to stand up, and we just both started dancing together. Mm. And I all of a sudden had angel wings on my back, and we were like flying to the light and coming back down and flying to the light and coming back down. And she was showing me, she was giving me the experience that it's okay to go to the light just don't leave your body. Just come back to the earth every time. Like embody it so you can be it and you can share it and you can live from that place. Wow. And that was, listen to the real clincher in all of this, this happened literally like maybe four months before COVID. And <laughs> when the COVID craziness hits, and I'm 100% in agreement with you and everything you write about all that, so we're on the same page. But I was like, wow okay, what a gift. I spent my whole life basically hiding because I was so sensitive to the planet and so confused about how people could be nasty and violent and Uh I just didn't get it and how they could live on the surface and just talk BS all day long and care more about their, excuse me, computers than they do about another human. Like I just, I couldn't get it. And now I'm like, oh, wow. So now this is a time on the planet where people are genuinely afraid because, of course, they're being, you know, brainwashed into being afraid. But, but my point was, like, I am needed right now. Like, I was fully brought back into my body 
because now is the time that I need to really show up to be of yes. service to people. Beautiful. So that's my long story. Sorry. I love it. I was captivated with every word you were saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love, I love your passion. And, uh, well, you know, I was going to ask you why you're so passionate about this topic, but I, I think it's quite evident. <laughs> it's absolutely needed. And my understanding is that, you know, in the past, I, I, yeah, it was one thing to have wishful thinking for a better you know, world or a world we preferred of joy and peace and love and harmony. But I didn't understand before, Donna, that if I'm not embodied in that wish or desire, the energy, I can't contribute to the manifestation of it. It's impossible. It'll just stay in the ethers. Exactly. And, you know, it's very interesting because at a very, very, very young age, um, I remember being, like, really young and... We, my bro, my, I had three brothers and no sisters, which is another story and another challenge to my childhood. Yeah, um, but the misogynistic, abusive father. So there you go. Oh, um, but <laughs> so um, my point is that I remember he brought us to a baseball game. We lived in uh, Massachusetts. So it was the Boston Red Sox game, right? So the boys thought it was the greatest thing. I remember sitting in those seats going, can we please get out of here? Can we please get out of here? And I remember crying, saying, the human body's not meant to sit. I can't take this anymore. Why are we, being tortu- why are we torturing ourselves? Oh, like, funny. I knew at a very young age that we are not meant to sit. Like, we are meant to move. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just knew it. And that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about it. And that's another reason why I didn't get people. I'm like, why are you sitting in front of a computer for 14 hours a day and then sitting in front of your TV and you're, like, never moving your body and you expect to feel good? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and there's so much. Um, I remember, uh, you know, uh, my my husband, my now husband, talking about when he went to one of the churches. Um, he decided he was going to get religious, I suppose, uh, in his young adulthood. And, um, you know, he, he they were joking. Well, he was joking later about how they were saying, well, you have to avoid lascivious movement. Lascivious movement. <laughs> I was like, what, is that, what does that even mean? That's <laughs> like your hips. That's what like you're saying. Does it mean like your hips and like your, yeah, actually showing Yeah, like I think I pronounced it right. I can, yeah. yeah, I don't use that word. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and when we see little children from Africa dancing, yeah. oh my gosh. Oh, Like they're moving yeah. their butts like crazy, right? And here in yeah. North America, I think most parents would like try to like, not most, a lot of parents would try to like close the eyes of their children watching that. Because yep. Like, yeah, sexual or it's bad or it's evil or something like that, and yet it's part of a, a healing practice if you want it to be. Yeah. That's what you're teaching others. So tell us more about this whole movement thing. Yeah, well, I love what you just said. Thank you. Because, you know, that's another piece of, so I grew up as a dancer. Um, I majored in dance in college. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of energy wrapped up in you know, a woman dancing, being sexualized, yep. right? It's like, why can't I just dance to express who I am? Why yep. do I have to be cautious that, you know, a guy's going to attack me or assault me or, what, yes. or catcall me? Oh, and then it's our fault. It's our fault. Right, right. The way we want to move, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm, that's another thing I work with. I specialize working with women over 40 because exactly what you said in your intro, there's I, it, nothing. I'm going to probably start crying because when I talk about this, I'm so passionate about it, but nothing breaks my heart more than seeing women at this age over 40 filled with wisdom 
right? So there's incredible right. wisdom from their life experiences and incredible knowledge from, like, you know, raising their children, learning about their, their own life or whatever, and, and yet they start to accept their limitations. They start to accept and they, as, as normal that, I guess I'm just getting old so my body's falling apart, or, you know, oh, I guess I can't have pleasure anymore because now I have a muffin top, or whatever. It just breaks my heart. And so it's like that feeling of feeling fully alive in your body is a practice. It's a practice. And, you know, I'm very passionate about moving with the fascia, the connective tissue, and I do a lot of work or um, release work with that, but also movement based on that because the goal is to keep the body open, right? So we can look at it from the perspective of just staying mobile, of course, right? Like I'm blown away. I'm 58. I still do back bends, splits on both sides, like no big deal. Like people, you know, 20 years younger than me are having a hard time getting up and down from the floor. And I'm like, you do know that's like not okay, right? Like you do know that you're aging exponentially faster because you can't even get up and down from the floor and you're telling yourself that's quote normal. No, it's not. <laughs> well, it's normal then, because then, of the society then, we live in. Right, right. Tight skinny jeans might not help them either, just saying. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I also try to look at it from the bigger picture perspective. Like you brought up some of the, the, the training around religion and stuff like that. Like to me, opening the body comes from movement in all areas. We've got to move our emotional body. We can't hold on to emotional stuff. We've got to let it move, right? We've got to have those intense cries. We've got to scream when we need to scream. It has to, we have to let things move, otherwise it gets stuck, right? Our thoughts, our thoughts, there's now all kinds of research, right? Like the, the more negative thoughts we have, the more the, the fascia gets all these adhesions and all this stuckness and all this tension, right? So now the body gets even more compressed and more restricted and more and less mobile and less alive, right? So, so looking at it in a multifaceted movement is in all ways. It's not just through the physical body. And so I always say, you know, you can't, you can't cure a physical problem by just looking at the physical, right? Of course you know that. But like, there's so many people that still just look at it one dimensionally in that way, you know? Right. So, yeah. Right, that's that's fascinating. And then as as we get older, not just women, of course, men as well. Yeah, those those complaints come through. Like, and you know, sometimes I still cringe. I suppose when I hear it coming from the mouths of people I love and care about. It's like yeah. I'm getting older, and this is the way it is. Like the aches and pains, and then they try to project it onto me. You yep. know, and and they go, well, when you get to be my age, and I'm thinking, well, you oh, said that God. years ago, I, and I am your age, so yeah, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, and then when you get to our age, or oh, you'll see, you'll feel it eventually. Oh, you'll know. Yeah, it's like just stop, stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I'm just aware, you know, when I was in my younger years, I was a hardcore fitness fanatic because I hated my body. I was told I was fat all the time as a dancer. And I had a father who was very, very, very hypercritical of telling me I was fat. And um, so I would, you know, I was very self-abusive. I would, you know, be on the stand master for an hour, beating the crap out of myself in my head and, you know, I was, and when I look back now, I, I was talking to a friend who's my age that day, and I was like, girl, do you look back at your pictures 20 years ago and wish, oh, my gosh, like, I wish I would have enjoyed that body at the time. <laughs> yes, a lot of women say you that. Know? It's like, yeah, exactly. I thought I was too skinny, you know. I was like, oh, I was perfect. What was I talking about? Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's fascinating because it's like, 
I was very aware. I got to that point where I was starting to have a lot of these chronic low-grade kind of like, you know, pains or little injuries. I had a very fascinating um, heart pain uh, that came up about five years ago. And my shoulder, my left shoulder, I, it was, I could hardly move it. I could do no external rotation in it at all. Yeah, it's something and similar. It was very weird, right? And I knew it wasn't an injury. I hadn't done anything to it. So I knew, right, it was like something that the body was trying to communicate and trying to heal. And so as I went deeper into that, I remember one day I was doing meditation. I was like, please show me what this is. Please show me what this is. Because I first did the physical because that's a big part of my work is looking at movement. How are you moving? What are the mechanics like of how you're moving? Are you moving with integrity? Are you moving like with poor, you know, mechanics or whatever? All that stuff was on point. So I was like, what is going on? And there was one point I was doing a meditation, and I was shown that my heart, my actual physical heart, was, being, was in a steel cage, a black steel cage. And the heart was actually like pushing out, like trying to get past the bars of the steel cage. Mm. And the message I got was, it's time to start protecting your heart. Live your heart. Live from the, live from the depth of the, the amount of love that you actually feel and live from that open-hearted place. Stop protecting yourself. Wow. Yeah. That's and profound. so I started to go on that journey. I started to go on that journey. Is it, what does it mean? How do I live from my hypersensitive, what you talked about at the beginning, from this highly sensitive, deeply compassionate part of myself, right, where I can look at somebody across the street, energetically see their suffering and suffering and start crying? Mm-hmm. How do I live from that place without it taking me down? Taking right? you without, over and overwhelming you. Yes, yes. So when I went deep on that journey, well, guess what? Within three or four months, I completely cured my heart, my shoulder, like all that. But like every person that I knew was like, you're having heart pain, you've got to go to the doctor. I'm like, no, it's not, it's, it's not my physical heart. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just I knew it was tissue. I knew it was like constriction. I knew it was my body speaking to me. So to me, when you operate from that mindset, like every single time your body has, you know, I always tell people, the body communicates through sensing and feeling. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're feeling something or sensing something, this is your body wanting to get your attention. Mm-hmm. So when you learn to have deep reverence for that and understand that that wisdom held inside of you is far beyond anything or anyone outside of you, then you look at everything as a gift, right? Yeah. Like then you understand, like what happened to my heart? I was like, wow, my heart. I mean, I was having like sharp, intense pains in my heart. But I knew, I knew. I like talked to spirit. I'm like, is, this, is, do I need to, is there something wrong with me? No. You know, so as I went deeper into the exploration and the curiosity, and then I was given the answer. Of course, then I had to do the work, right? That's beautiful. <laughs> I, had, I had to do some deep inner work, right? I had to do some deep inner work with my inner child in terms of, you know, why am I so afraid of the world? Why do I feel the need to protect myself? Where did I learn that? How do I learn skills and tools to stay highly sensitive? Because like you said, your whole book is based on this, right? Like, right, right. It is a superpower. And yet we do need to learn tools, right? So like, no, I don't like the word protect, but it's like to me that's the embodiment piece. How do we embody the fullness of our sensitivities and be fully embodied in our lives in the world? Yeah, and I mean, it has to work. You know, it's one thing to theoretically say, well, I need to open my heart, and I'm going to do these asanas and yoga to open my heart, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then resist completely the, 
other piece, which is, yeah. okay, I'm super sensitive, so I'm just going to shut down anyway because otherwise I'm going to be yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's the interconnectedness for me. You know, that's why I say we have to be, we have to be moving and opening in all areas of our life. I, mm-hmm. You just mentioned the yoga thing and all this. I see so many people doing things, you know, especially women, because, you know, we're, we're very much about, you know, like you mentioned, the body changes and all that stuff. I mean, I remember when I started perimenopause and I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I don't want to swear on your show, but I was like, you've got to be one badass, like, warrior to get through this, like, without letting it take you down. <laughs> You know, like, I can see where women get to the point where, like, I don't care. I'm just going to get fat, and I don't care, you know. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, hell no. So I went into what is the wisdom of the stage, like, why these changes are occurring. What is it about? Like, and for me, it's a beautiful thing. Like, I am, you know, a little bit looser. I got, like, a little muffin top. My legs are a little thicker. And I'm like, I feel sexier and, like, more confident than I ever have. Oh, you know, because wonderful. I'm wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, oh, I love the feeling that I can, like, you mentioned the hips, like, you know, I, my, our bodies are meant to be fluid, our female bodies, like, we're meant to be the receptor, right? Look at our body parts, we're meant to receive, we're meant to be fluid, intuitive, orgasmic, creative, sensual, like, all these things are in our nature and in our essence, but we've spent our whole lives shutting them down, mostly uh-huh. because of the patriarchy and conditioning, of course, in society, and I'm just like, we need to reclaim that. Like, that's our power. Like, our true, being in our true essence. You know, like letting, being fully in our bodies in a way that we're just like, ugh. You know, you feel juicy and you feel alive and, and, you feel, and you trust your body. That's the thing that breaks my heart, too. Like, through these past two years, goodness gracious, like, has anyone ever considered that maybe you have an immune system? Like, and maybe, like, you want no, to look at how to... theory. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, right? I, I mean, my brand is called Miracle Through Movement because I just, it's, I wish like every human on the planet was educated about the absolute miracle that they are as a human being in this body. Yes. Like if you, right, it's like when you really understand, and I say as a human in this body, meaning a human in this body who's a spiritual light being, like we are embodying light, right? Like this is, this is the piece for me. It's, I see because I, I did it, there's a lot of what I call spiritual bypassing, right? I'm in all these communities of business people, like let's just raise our vibe. I'm like, of course we have to raise our vibe and we have to be in our body. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It always it – always, it always was odd to me, um, and I didn't know why, and now I, I get it because, um, yeah, I was in my head a lot, but I loved dance. Yep. I, I took ballet for four years, you know. Um, I didn't go on because it was, like, going to be seven days a week, and my mom said, forget it. You're not doing it anymore. <laughs> um, Too much. But, yeah, I loved it, and, and this, and I'm sure you feel this as well, as like in our society right now, the, like you said, the patriarch, we're very much into the masculine structure of, like, business is yeah. very masculine in many ways. And it's, like, the fluidity of, of the feminine, you know, well, it's like when the team asks, so, okay, so you want this done, Dr. Karen, well, when do you want it done? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, sometime this year? Like, can you be more? I'm like, ah, uh, you know, anyway. And it's like, oh, I want to do this. And they're like, okay, uh, 
between the other 50 things we're doing or after the 50 things we're already doing. <laughs> but I just sometimes just, I think that's that feminine part, just wanting to Definitely. speak out because it, yeah. it's just so yeah. structured. Like, here's your schedule. This is what's expected, yada, yada, yada. And I, unfortunately, yeah. I hate to tell you this, Donna, but unfortunately, you know, the I was taking belly dance. I was taking burlesque. And uh, the teachers, I mean, it just it didn't work out. And then there's pandemic and schedules and all that kind of stuff. So I haven't gotten back to it. And I realized that, you know, what, what have I added to my list? Well, I've added CrossFit, which is very masculine. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God, partly yeah. because my yeah. husband's doing it. He, 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 uh, prior to the pandemic, he created a whole CrossFit gym. And, he, and it was something wow. we did together, you know, so that was so. cool. And he was really proud of me, you know. And I realized, well, he's not going to do belly dancing with me. So... Mm, yeah, <laughs> but uh, now we have, now I have you. So <laughs> yeah, um, well, you yeah. know that's that's interesting. You bring that up because that's another reason why I'm passionate about what I do. It, that's another thing that breaks my heart. When I look at the women that are doing all this CrossFit stuff, this hardcore, hardcore. and they're doing it usually in pursuit of a of a certain look in their body, right? Well, because they hate their body and they're trying to make it look differently, or they want to feel like they're or, tough like the men and they can do a pull up, which I exactly. cannot yet exactly. Exactly, and it breaks my heart, you know, because that is not, like, why, like, first of all, like I said, I know with me it was self-abuse, and I, from what I've witnessed and I hear other women talk, there's a lot of that going on, right? They're just, like, they're, they're doing that. They're telling themselves it's good for them, but the yeah. way they're approaching it and the mindset with which they're approaching, they're basically abusing themselves, you know, wow. and then they wonder why they're having these chronic pains. They wonder why they're cranky all the time. Like, that's the other thing. And their belly is actually expanding and not getting narrower. Yes. Yes, and motion equals emotion, right? So it's like if they're doing all this hardcore push, 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 that brings up anger, that brings up stress, that makes you feel like you're exhausted because you're like pushing so hard all the time, right? So, so when I look at movement, it's, it's so beautiful now because, um, you know, back in the day, a lot of my training was I was a master Pilates teacher, but Several years ago, I started to get really, really, like, I can't be in this anymore. It's too restrictive. Like, people need something different. Like, the bodies now are so different than they were even 10 years ago, you know, because of all the sitting and all the blue light and all the this and all the that. I mean, people's bodies are jacked up, okay? So, So, for me, I don't think my belief, and I think you're going to start hearing this more, is that to take a body right now in this day, and start putting it in the gym and doing that kind of stuff, I, I guarantee they're going to get hurt. Guarantee. Because most people already have really bad posture from all the uh-huh. sitting. So they've got chronic tension patterns that hold them in these chronically tight places. And then they go right. add in, like, hardcore weights or hardcore sprints or jumps or whatever. It's like, to me, it's like a no-brainer. You're going to get hurt. So when I left the studio, once all the craziness hit, I was like, this is my chance to, like, get out of my own and do my thing, my thing that I intuitively know that my women need. Like, I know it. Like, it, I remember feeling like, oh, I can't wait to get people out of this studio so I don't have to feel so restricted. Interesting. Because I also knew I needed to address their emotional bodies. When I just think about the women that just stuff their emotions, right, and then they wonder why they got all this chronic stuff. So anyways, I now do, for the past three years, I've been really developing a way of moving that, you know, yeah, is there some Pilates-based stuff, is there some yoga-based stuff, but I do a lot with props. I do a lot with um, diagonal movement, oppositional movement, spirals. I do some functional primal animal stuff like deep squatting and crawling. So it's like the irony is that these women, 
the way that we're working is very much like in your body. I'm constantly saying, you know, what do you notice? How does that feel to you? Does it feel purposeful? Does it feel valuable? Or do you feel like you're about to be injured? Like, you know, I can really get them to like own the experience. It's not about following Donna and doing what Donna says because, you know, you've got to do it right to please Donna. Like a militant. (laughs) Exactly. And that was the other thing that's disturbing to me about a technique is that everybody, the, the natural response of a human is to please to try to please the teacher. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? So there's all this paradigm around right and wrong. Did I do that exercise right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. you can't have right and wrong in the body. There's, it's, it's a multi, we're multidimensional. There is no right and wrong. And by the way, Nothing's more ridiculous to me than listening to somebody in the gym, a personal trainer, saying, okay, well, stand up straight and pull your shoulders back. And I'm like, dude, they can't. Their body's formed in that position because their fascia is so out of balance. Right? So it's like, <laughs> I'm like oh. So, so the way that we move now that's ironic is I actually say to my clients, let's go for the juicy bit. Like, let's find that little moment where it's like a little beyond like what you think you can do. Your mind is going to say, oh, I can't go any further. And I'm going to say, pause, take a breath, defer to your body. Because what I find is the body always, always can go beyond what the mind thinks it can. So we stay present to that. And all of a sudden, then there's a deeper opening, which means more mobility and flexibility which means automatically more strength because the more you can expand, the more you can contract. Right. I keep trying to tell my husband that. I think he believes <laughs> They can't hear it from a house, from a spouse. <laughs> it's so hard to hear from a spouse. Um, I know. I just talked to a colleague a, about this recently. I know. I, I yeah, said to him, look, I'm not doing – I said – he said, well, I, I, you know, I created this thing for you and you, you're doing 20 box step-ups. I'm like – Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> He's like, well, you just you just need to practice. You know, you just need to practice oh, and you get good at it. And I'm like, well, I understand that concept, but I can tell that I'm not quite there yet. My hip's not quite aligned. And so, you know, yeah. it's just not the ideal movement going up and down in this box. You know, I'd much rather do the hula hoop or something. Um, and he's like, sighs a little bit. Like, I don't get him. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I do get you because this is a masculine world. So I do get yeah, you. I'm exactly. saying that I don't think it's right for me, right? So it's it's not that we argue about it. It's just that sometimes you, yeah. you know, I, I just have to let him think whatever he thinks, right? <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, you also make, make a really good point here, which is, you know, what's the difference between, you know, as women, we're naturally more intuitive, right? So what's the difference between and what I just heard you say is intuitively you knew that wasn't in your best interest. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, that's different than being in your head having a fear like, oh, my God, I might get hurt, right? So there's a lot of that, too. There's a lot of conditioning that I see in women where it's like they've been told by a doctor or a physical therapist or somebody that, like, don't do that because that will be too much and you might get hurt. I mean, that makes me oh, insane. Right, right, insane, right? Because right? every single time I've had so many stories I could go on and on and on about people that have come to me over the years, clients, like a great example, I'll try to keep it real short, but she came in, she was having plantar fasciitis problems. And so, but she was very in the medical model of things. Uh And she was coming to me for Pilates at the time. This was like 60 years ago, right? And this is another one of those examples. I was like, God, she needs a lot of like mental and emotional stuff too. I can't just look at this physically. How much can I do in the studio? But anyways, at one point, 
she'd, you know, run to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, you know, we might have to do surgery. And I just looked at it. I said, Kathy, please, I'm begging you. Like, it's your body. You do whatever you feel is right for you, but I'm begging you. I had plantar fasciitis when I was younger. I healed and cured it myself. I know what can be helpful to you. Please do not let them cut you. Like, please, I'm begging you. Like, once you get cut, forget it. Like, everything else is much harder. I don't care what kind of surgery it is. Yep. Because once you, once you cut through that tissue, then you get scar tissue and then you get adhesions everywhere. Yeah, it just, it's a whole, you know, downhill spiral. So anyways, about three weeks in or four weeks in, she goes to the doctor again. She comes in with a boot. Oh, boy. And I looked at her and I said, what's going on? And she's like, oh, he said this is like the last resort before surgery. And I looked at her and I said, Kathy, when he put that boot on your foot, what was your intuitive sense when he put that boot on you? And she said, the first thing I thought of is this is going to jack up my hip because it's making my leg uneven with my other leg and my ankle and my foot can't move properly, so my hip's going to get all jacked up and then my lower back's going to hurt. Yep. I was like, okay. I said, so why do you still have the boot on? <laughs> and she kind of just looked at me while the doctor, the doctor, and I said, <laughs> your body just gave you incredible wisdom. So you have a choice, right? And I'm here supporting you and the more organic, holistic way to do it. So it's not like you'd be out there on your own. Well, sure enough, finally, like at one point, she was, you know, playing victim, that like I can't walk and I love walking. And I said, can you walk to the end of the driveway? And she's like, well, yeah. I said, so walk to the end of the driveway. And as you're doing so, smell the air and look at the trees and feel the sunshine and say a blessing of gratitude that you can walk to the end of the driveway. Mm. And then walk a little past the driveway the next day and focus on those same things, right? Because she was now so stuck in that mindset of, right. oh, my God, I have an injury and it's not getting any better and I need to have surgery and the doctor says this and the doctor says that. And I'm like, you I can't feel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's Been the there. thing, Karen, that, <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the sadness of, like, I'm sure you feel this too, like, the way people willingly give their bodies over to somebody else it just, I'm like, whoa, like, you know, you don't know because oh. you wouldn't do that. But, like, right? Like, every single time I'm like, go watch the movie Heal. Go read this book. Go. <laughs> right. Like, we have all these resources, and, and, yeah. and it, it's especially painful, you know, when we view our, our, our people that we know and love the most. Yeah. Oh, uh, goodness, yes. Patterns and just realizing there is another way, and then it is so conditioned yeah. for us to trust the authority figures that they know best. Yeah, you know, and even yeah. though I'm maybe trusting authority figures too to some degree that do cure people of things, you know, or do help people self heal is more accurate. Right. Uh, that yeah. they heal completely from their diabetes or their cancer or whatever it is, and of course I'm the quack, okay, right. because right. I'm following other doctors and healers that actually do help people heal instead of giving them, you know, some sort of injection or drug or whatever that that doesn't do anything except make them temporarily feel like they're safe. Um, Yeah. Well, that's another thing that I, you know, through this process, you know, we won't talk about the craziness, but it's just, it's like, there's just a place too where it's like kind of common sense. Like I always say, do you really feel like that pharmaceutical company cares about you being healthy? I know. I mean, but the th- yeah, but the thing is, uh, the disconnect is is 
you know, part of the our own self-esteem, not taking our own power. And so I was yeah, absolutely. Like I yeah. really trusted. I trusted, you know, my medical association. I trusted my medical school. I trusted my universities. I trusted yeah. all the organizations that were telling us what we should be telling our patients and doing. You know, until until I got sick and until I was realizing that, you know, after the nth number of drugs that did not work on this patient uh, and they didn't feel very good, I'm like, okay, so this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. I didn't sign yeah. up to see people continue to suffer. So there has to be another way. Uh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the key moment, isn't it? Like, that's, that's what I always say, like, in terms of, like, my ideal client, you know, people always talk about, what's our ideal client? I'm like, when they're at that moment, right, yeah. it's like there's got to be a better way. Yes. You know? Yes. Like there has to be a better way. Like I don't want to have to be on drugs the rest of my life. I don't want to have to keep running to the doctor. I don't want to be in chronic pain, right? It's like there has to be a better way. And, you know, as, as we know, right, those of us that are energy sensitive, there is a lot of awakening happening. There is a lot of amazing, beautiful, loving, lighter energy coming on the planet. And it's at the same time with the heavier stuff. So it's like, you know, that's why I, I said to somebody the other day, we are in a time where radical self-care is absolutely a requirement. Otherwise, yes. you're going to be taken down, you know, like it's right. going to be hard. Right. Absolutely. So. And Donna, maybe you can speak, a, we kind of mentioned it before um, about, you know, being embodied and why that's important, things like that. But yeah. what's your take on the whole 3D versus 5D density? Like, are we going to disappear and lose our bodies and be invisible? Or <laughs> what's, your, what's your sense of all that? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. This is my new thing that I've been really reflecting on and sort of listening to some um, really cool people on it. I absolutely do believe we are becoming more luminescent. We are becoming more light beings. Mm -hmm. I feel that where we're headed, and I do feel like we're going to be able to have more ease in traveling to other dimensions. Mm -hmm. And the way that I see it now as I sit with it is it's, it's going to be that, that capacity to be in this body and be of the other realms. We're going to be able to hold all of it, right? Yes. Like. So, so we will be in these bodies, but they'll be lighter, right? They won't be so dense and heavy. And, and, and you know, what I'm aware of, too, is there's one of the discussions that I really am trying to put out there every time I talk to somebody is, like, we've got to start dealing with the fact that we've been living in collective trauma the past two years. Yep. yep. And to expect to just sort of, like, okay, everything's back to normal. No, no, no. We've got to heal. Like, and so that's. I bring that up because that's how we're going to get to those higher realms, right? Like we can't, this heavy feeling in the body is generational trauma, is, you know, the belief systems that, you know, we have to, you know, whatever, everything we've talked about, right? Follow these rules and, you know, follow the, the, the other person and whatever. So I do believe we are going to, we are becoming more light. We are going to be able to travel in higher and more dimensions and, you know, we do have to do the work to get there. I mean, that's, I think that's why, you know, we talk about going to the doctor or going to the medicines. It's like, you know, it, it's, as you know, right? It's, it's not easy facing yourself. It's not easy looking in the mirror going, hmm, this body, the way that it moves, the way that it functions, the way that it feels, is the result of every single choice I've made, every thought I've had, every emotion I haven't processed. You know, like all of that is living in you. And so I know for myself, even though I'm physically a little heavier than I've ever been, I feel lighter than I've ever been. Like my body is so fluid. It's so open. 
I know how to be in the world now with a completely open heart with no need to protect because I know that in any given moment, if somebody is crossing an energetic or physical boundary, I'm strong enough within myself to remove myself or say no. And so I don't need to protect, right? So it's like that's what I believe we're going to, you know, where it's like we can all just be in all the energies that exist. And, you know, of course, right, there's always going to be contrast. There has to be. There's always going to be dark. There's always going to be evil. It's always going to be there because that's how we know the light, right? That, that's the contrast. How we know it. So, yeah. Yeah, we exactly. So instead of fighting that, you know, like, like for me, when all this stuff was hitting too, I was like, you know, bottom line is you have it one simple choice. One simple choice. You're going to either live with fear or live with love. That's it. That's your choice. Yep. Everything extends from there. Right? How you treat your body, are you doing it from fear or from love? Right? Yep. How you treat another human being, are you doing it from fear or are you doing it from love? Right? It's, it's, it's very simple when you think of it that way. Right? And get just the self-awareness to get clear. Like, I had awareness when I just moved here, and it, it was a big existential crisis, and it was great. <laughs> I'm on the other side of it now, but it was, oh, my God, I went deep into the darkness for a while. And I realized, I was like, oh, wait a second. I need to face. So, because one of the things when I was talking about collective trauma in another um, community, and there was a woman who said, well, what do we do? I just, I don't know what we can do in the war and the this and that. What can we do? And I, and I very calmly said something that everybody just got silent because it was truth. I said, all we can do is look within to how we've contributed to the problem. Mm. Look, at our own, look at our own shadow. So every time that I see someone as separate from me, every time I judge them or have an opinion about them, I'm contributing to the war. Right. I'm contributing to, you know, any sort of, quote, evil or darkness in the world. I'm contributing to it because I'm not remembering and not operating from my true understanding, my true belief, which is we are all one. Yes. So every time we operate from separation, have opinions, judgments, inner, inner you know, conversations in our own head, we're contributing to the collective. Uh-huh. So yep. we need to get honest with ourselves about that. Yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. Now, how does or how do you um, share movement as a transformational mm-hmm. tool or practice with, with these women that you're helping? Yeah, so I mentioned a few things. So a lot of it for me is, is deep, deep mindfulness, deep presence in, in the moment of being in the body. Um, so I do a lot. I start on the floor a lot because I want women to feel supported and safe. I mean, I think we haven't used that word yet, but the other thing I'm aware of is that, you know, those of us that are highly sensitive or have had trauma, um, we don't necessarily feel safe in our bodies. That's why we want to leave, right? Because it's like, oh, my right. God, this, this bo- being in this body is scary, right? So. So the most important thing is setting the tone for the safety, right? So I'm very acutely aware of that when I start working with somebody. I'm very acutely aware of, oh, boy. Like like I had somebody recently that I started working with, and it's a man. I usually work with women, but, you know, if a man comes to me, I'm not going to turn him away. Um, And he had been through a lot of trauma with women. So that was a fascinating experience and what what was happening is we started very gently with some basic range of motion like you know tuck an arch of your spine or you know whatever simple movement learning to breathe properly but almost everything I did that put him in a new position even on the floor 
he would have this guttural reaction, like, uh, 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 right? Like, like he was being attacked or something. Wow. And so Jesus. we talked about, and I knew he had shared with me his story. He, he had a lot of trauma with women over the past couple of years. One woman that he was dating, he nursed, like she, she ended up dying of cancer, and he was like there. Another woman like accused him of sexual assault, and it was like one other thing. Like he had all this trauma with women. And so I explained to him, I said, this is normal. Like your nervous system is fried. You've had a lot of trauma. Your body is afraid it's about to have more trauma. So our first goal is not about getting stronger and fitter or whatever. Our first goal is to calm your nervous system and let your body know that it's safe to move. Like that's, that's our first goal. Like there's no other goal right now. Because if we bypass that, you're going to get injured. And then you're never going to want to move again. Right? Right. (laughs) I mean, you know, right? So, so anyways, and he was, but he was very, it was very interesting because he was very body aware. Like he'd be like, oh, I feel something in my neck or I feel whatever. Right? But he just, he thought it was like he had to fix something physically. So the point is, so I approach that from that perspective. It's like we first got to feel safe in our bodies. And I don't necessarily use that wording because I know when I wasn't fully in my body, when someone used that word, I'd be like, whatever, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yep. You know, I use the terms of calming down the nervous system and, you right. know, getting to the point where we don't have to, like, work hardcore, that we can actually move in a, in a calm and more easy way and still get the result that we want. Like, that's the languaging that I, that I use. And then over time, I let them know, oh, that's because you didn't feel safe in your body and now you do feel safe. You feel the contrast, right? So, so there's a lot of that. And then, like I said, I look at working with the fascia. So the body, the fascial lines in the body are made up of, of a series of spirals and loops. So if you think about that in moving in space, we want to move multidimensionally through spiraling and looping, okay? And most things that you consider exercise and movement are linear. I'm not a huge yoga fan because okay. it's so, it's so um, one-dimensional, hold a pose, hold a pose, hold a, hold a pose. With bodies that, like, I've had so many people come to me that have gotten injured doing yoga, because they, they don't have the hip flexibility to do most of those postures. They don't have right. the shoulder flexibility to do most of those postures. So they go to do it, and they get hurt, right? So it's like, or you've got the people that love yoga because they're naturally hypermobile, so it's easy for them, but then they're hypermobile, so they're hyperextending everything, and then they get those kind of injuries. So, right. So we really want to, that's why I said I don't like imposing a technique on people. Like I look at like the organic way the body's meant to move, but then the most important thing for me is that deep, present awareness. Like, where are you at? And, and surrender is a big word for me. Like, there has to be acceptance, right? Like, okay, your back hurts. Okay, your shoulder's tight. Okay, this, okay, that. But if you're in the resistance of that, we're never going to get anywhere. Like, you've got to say, okay, you know what? Look, this is where I'm at, and I'm ready to do something about it. And then we go on a journey together, right? Like, it's, and that's why I always say, it's, it, this is a journey that we're on. This is a an exploration deeper into yourself, right? Mm. And ultimately, I'm giving you the tools to you have the awareness that you don't need me. I don't want you to need me. I don't want you to come to me so I can fix you and you need me. Now, am I going to give you insights because I see things on a very deep energetic level when I watch you move? Yes, but you're not going to need me. If you go on vacation, you're going to know some of the practices that we've been doing that you're like, oh, I, I have that now. I love it when a client says, oh, my God, when we finished the other day, I spent another 30 minutes doing blah, 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 blah. I'm like, awesome, right? <laughs> right? Because people want to feel good. They want yeah. to feel good, right? But they're seeking it in the wrong ways, right? Especially women. I cannot tell you. I mean, 
I had a client. It's heartbreaking. You know, moms, right, who are like, oh, my God, can't wait till 5 o'clock when I can start drinking the wine. Oh, dear. Right? Well, they're seeking to feel good. They're seeking to escape, right? So now I'm moving with them, and the same woman who said that to me, now, literally, when I first started working with her, she was one of those hardcore, drop-dead gorgeous, but thought she was fat because she had two kids and her body wasn't the same. I mean, and push, 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 push. And when I first started working with her, I said, whoa, 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 slow down for a minute. Let's find the juicy bit. And she looked at me like, what the heck are you talking about, right? Because she was all about achieving, (laughs) that masculine achieving. I got to do the advanced exercise and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, now, if we're in the middle of a session, she may, I may say, okay, let's move on to blah, blah, blah. She'll be like, hold on, hold on. I'm having a juicy moment. I'm like, great, take your time. I love that. Oh, my goodness. That is so cool. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that is so cool. Well, you know, I think it's really interesting. I want to go back to the part where you said about, you know, fascia and um, learning the Egyptian uh, meridian system, and it's actually in a spiral, uh, which is very different from the um, Chinese meridian system, which is seemingly linear. But now I understand Mm -hmm. that the connection, uh, or sorry, the uh, intersection points of these spirals is where the Chinese acupuncturists were like, well, that's an acupuncturist. We're just going to connect all the dots and make it faster. I love that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, so this whole spiral thing is really interesting. So in the movement, or some of the movement that you demonstrate, teach, you know, encourage people to do, are you saying that these are movements that were not normally taught or because they're round or spiral or loopy, not Mm -hmm. that direct, you know, like kung fu chop, you know. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I I guess so. I'm not 100% sure that I I understand what you're asking, but I can tell you this, that what I'm aware of is if you look at um, even just from the basics of anatomy, right, and the science of anatomy and physiology, we used to look at the body as, as as mechanical, Right? The yeah. knee is a hinge joint, right? The occiput, the base of the skull is a hinge joint, right? And we look at these as, as a mechanical um, existence, that the, the physical body worked mechanically. And we looked at it as pieces and parts. We looked at it as the quadricep muscle extends the knee joint, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really only been in the past, like, 10 to, like, 15 years. We used, they used to throw away the fascia during surgery. They thought it was a waste. Like, they didn't oh, understand it. Oh, let me it. tell you, I know exactly what you're talking about. It used to be just yeah. in my way as a medical student. I was like, oh, oh man, wow, fascinating. I yeah. back for the surgeon to get to where he wants to go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we understand when you look at the lines of fascia, we understand that the body doesn't move through the muscular system. It moves through the fascia. So the fascia intertwines with the muscular system and with the organs. And, I mean, it's, you know, as you know, right, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful web of yummy deliciousness when it's healthy, not so much when it's not. And so, so when we – the point is, is that because we looked at the body as a mechanical sort of robotic thing – exercise, if you will, that, that exercises and even, you know, weight machines, things in the gym, were all created based on that model. Oh, but that right. model is wrong, right? That model is wrong. That isn't how the body is put together and it's not how it moves. So this idea that I'm talking about is fairly new. It's, the science of it is maybe only 10 years old. And so it's, it's growing very fast now, you know, but it's, still, to me, it's by far the biggest missing link in everybody's well-being because now I love, I just read something the other day, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing, where this, this woman was, you know, she was talking about fashion, she was like, you know, look, 
if you look at the fascia and it's full of adhesions and full of restriction and full of um, chaos, if you will, right, of course, the physical body, it's in an inner chaotic state. Of course, you're going to have anxiety. Of course, you're going to feel stress. Because your body can't, it's like in a state of chronic stress. When there's all these adhesions and compression and tension, none of your organs can function properly. On a cellular level, you have cells that are compressed. Well, therefore, they get toxic because they're not getting oxygen and blood flow. So, of course, that's going to make you feel anxious. And so this woman was suggesting that mental illness has nothing to do with the mind. I was like, whoa, that's that's it. Right? Like. Yeah, because that's one of my pet peeves. You know, I hear all these people like, oh, just think positive thoughts and control your thoughts and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, again, you can't bypass the body. (laughs) Right, exactly. And and here's the thing. I mean, often in my chapter in Navigating Clickety Clack, I mentioned it as well. It's like I just was never a really good, quote, unquote, meditator. Mm. (laughs) Just sitting there, quote, unquote, meditate. So boring. Yep. (laughs) But I could, I would, I'd be happy to dance. I'd be happy to move. And right, exactly. The way, yeah, and the way I figured it out for myself is my way doorway into stillness or zero point field is to notice the movement inside my body. Am I yeah. moving or not moving? And that's, yeah. and then I was like, hey, this is working. This way of meditating is working for me because I'm I love it. movement. Not, well, yeah. I, to get to stillness, I, I move or, or I, I, I witness the moving. So I think it's very curious. Wow. Well, you know, that's one of the things I say all the time. I say find the stillness within the movement and find the movement within the stillness because mm. it's all coexisting at the same time. Yes, yes. So yeah, just because I'm externally, it doesn't look like I'm moving externally. Internally, there's a whole life force happening inside of you. Oh, yes. Yeah, some people are right. able to feel the difference between the rhythm of yeah. their lymphatic system versus their nervous right. system versus their cardiovascular yeah. system. Like some people are that sensitive. They can tune in yeah. each of those pieces. Uh, and that is yeah. fascinating. There's always something going on. <laughs> exactly. Well, and if, and if not, then you're dying, right? I mean, you're either, you're either I mean, that's what I love about this whole polarity, duality, uh, duality stuff, right? It's like in any given moment, you're either moving toward creation, life, health, whatever, or you're moving towards destruction, disease, you know, like, I mean, at any given point. So it's like the presence, like, what am I up to right now? What are my thoughts? How am I moving? You know, like, all that matters. What's my spiritual lack of spiritual practice? You know, like, I mean, I remember going through periods of my life where I was furious at God, you know, like, part of that was like, when I was dancing, I was always told how fat I was. And I remember being so mad, like, Seriously, God, like, why did you give me this talent but not the body, right? I mean, so my point is, like, we all have these different levels of the relationships of ourselves and the different parts of ourselves, and all of them need to be loved and honored and respected and nurtured, you know? Exactly, exactly. Now, I know, Donna, you have a really neat um, private Facebook group that you've created and with yeah. some opportunities for us to join in, if you will. Can you please share what that is and where we can, or what the name of it is and, and what, um, what happens when we join? Sure. So the name of my private um, free Facebook group is called Be Alive in Five. 
the intention was I created this for women over 40, but if you're younger than 40, that's okay, you're welcome, but just sort of what I, what I talk about and emphasize is for women um, of, over 40. Um, and so I go live every day, five days a week at noon Eastern time, mm-hmm. and uh, the intention is to just dance and come back to our bodies. And I kind of set an intention each day. Like we did a really fun one the other day where the emphasis, we used the word no, uh, the song no from Megan Trainer, And I was sort of saying, okay, what does it feel like when you really embody the no, right? When you feel that power of like, I can say no when I need to say no, right? Uh-huh. And like move from that place, right? Like what does that feel like? How does that move in your body? So that's, so that's the group. And then um, coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a four-day Miracles Through Movement live experience where each day we're going to have a little five-minute um, little, how would you say it, a little tool, a little fun practice, um, something physical, something spiritual, something mental, and something emotional. And then that's going to be leading into eventually I'm going to be having a membership where we address like everything I talked about today, all the parts of ourselves as women and sort of, you know, to heal, to come back to ourselves, to feel safe, to express our authentic selves in the world, to use our body in a juicy, sensual, yummy, delicious way, like it's meant to move, and, and how we can claim that back for ourselves. And really, you know, I, I heard something the other day. I, I believe fully that women are going to heal this planet, but there's a distinction there. Healed yes. women are going to heal the planet, right? Ooh, so it's like we've got to heal. that's a one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like there's too many women. I'm in a lot of communities right now, business communities and networking communities, and I see too many women with good intentions, right, like wanting to develop the business to help other women and, oh, I went through abuse, so I want to help others. And I'm looking at them going, oh, but sweetie, you've got to do more healing yourself. Like you you can't come from a wounded place, and this is so common with women. I did it for years. Absolutely. Like when I look back now, I'm like, oh, my God. Now, not to say I didn't offer some good value and some benefit, but when I look at now, <laughs> the, the depths of what I can, can provide for, pe- for women as a service for um, growth and healing is because I've done my own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I've looked oh, totally. at all of it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. So to yeah. find out more about the Miracles Through Movement four-day event, they need to join the Facebook yep. group, correct? They have to join the group, and, and as far as getting in touch with me in general, and you can also go to this um, for a joining group, it's contactdonna.me, and you'll find everything you need there to get in touch with me or the group. Okay. Okay, that sounds fantastic. Donna, this has been such a blast. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing this time with you. I just feel like, oh, we could just keep going forever here. I um, know. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. I love, you know, yeah, I mean, we're like-minded souls, obviously. And, yeah. Um, and I am over 40, and, <laughs> and sometimes we need other, not need, but we, we, we love having other women give us permission to be who of course. we are, to be our authentic yeah. selves, to be able to move in a way that, you know, men just won't understand, and I don't need yep. them to understand um, exactly. what we yep. need as women. Yep. So having that little, you know, whether it be a crone tribe or however we want yeah. to it's um, so important, and, and I love what you just said a little bit ago about how healed women are going to heal the planet, heal the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, and uh, I'm very happy to be part of that movement. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other, I'll just say one more thing. I, another sort of phrase I use all the time, too, that I, I wish for women to sort of ponder is, you know, how you move is how you move through life. Mm. 
So if you want more ease and flow and, you know, that kind of thing, then let's get that into your body. Let's embody that. I so then it just, becomes, it just becomes how you go through life. It's not a okay. separate thing. Yes. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm doing rather well then. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, so, so and, I, and I know probably in the future we'll have to have you back uh, when, when, you That'd know, be great. When, when you have your live event, right? Okay, great, well, great. That'd be fantastic. Commune together and yep. dance together and whatever in-person live event. So that'll be really great. Donna, I'm sure you'll remember to contact me, right, when you're ready to plan yep. that so we can Definitely. make sure we support that and, you know, um, hopefully get some people uh, going and um, yeah, that would that would be brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure, Donna. Um, and uh, thank you for the work that you're doing in the world for us. So again, folks, it is on Facebook. Go to the private Facebook group. Um, you can ask to join. It's called Be Alive in Five, and that's the number five. We'll also put that link in uh, the show notes as well. Um, and if you're on my newsletter, you'll actually get all the, the, the links as well there. So thank you, Donna, again for uh, being on the show. It was such a blast, and I look forward to the next time. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, lots of love and big hugs.